long spooky legends past, down through generations, to haunted locations that hold a ghostly past. Come one, come all, come blinders and seekers, hear the creepy side of Nipa. Welcome to the creepy side of Nipa, sponsored by Reaper's Revenge. I am Dan Kozlowski. And I'm Nora Herchik. Tonight we are joined by Paul Cotron and Todd Fetishin, owners of Reaper's Revenge Haunted Attraction in Scott Township. They are joining us this evening and talking a little bit about the entertainment side of Halloween. What goes into building one of the area's largest haunted attractions? Paul and Todd, welcome to the show. Hi, hey, thank Dan. you. Hi, Nora. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Get ready. Get ready. Yeah, we hear hear it's Hell Week uh, over there. Yeah, it's dangerous here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, just, you know, for the listeners, Hell Week at Reapers is a full week of uh, dress rehearsal that we start Monday. We do uh, some of our attractions Monday, the rest of them on Tuesday, and then all of them on Wednesday, and then Final Touch is Thursday, and we open Friday. So uh, they're long days, and, you know, we can't help but to put all the finishing touches if we actually, I think if we didn't actually have to open, we would never stop building and tweaking and adjusting and adding. It's, uh, I tell people it's the 65 uh, acre model railroad that's never done. You just can keep adding and adding and, uh, and we love it. So l- luckily we have to stop eventually and, uh, and open and let the customers in see and see all the hard work that we put in for the year. Yeah. That's one great thing about your show up there is you guys always have something new every single year. Yeah, we take, uh, I'll let Todd talk in a minute, but we take a substantial amount of money and put it back into the show every year. We've done that now for 13 years because the customer expects, you know, obviously you can't change the entire mountain, but we do add, change, uh, some things in and out, try to keep as much as fresh as possible and new and exciting. And there's always, so many uh, new gadgets and gizmos and special effects and ideas and themes and scare tactics. So we try to, you know, go to trade shows and and uh, see other haunts and incorporate everything we've learned. And we always have more ideas. You know, our eyes are always bigger than our budget or time. So it's cool that every year, in fact, as soon as we close in November, we'll be uh, planning and um, scheming and figuring out what we're going to do for 2022. But this year's show is going to just be uh, amazing because, you know, because of, uh, of the pand- pandemic, we opened a brand new attraction. We used to have four. We have five. Last year, we were only open, able to open three of them. Uh, but this year, it'll be the first time for Reaper's Revenge. All five attractions will be open. Before we get any farther into the interview, let's start with you, Todd. What is exactly your job description up there at Reaper's Revenge? Uh, well, thank you. Uh, I'm actually the director of marketing, so I head up our marketing team. Also, anything graphic, um, any visual stuff that we put out, whether it's adjusting our logos or different promotion stuff, I head up that as well. And then, um, as I told you when uh, we got on the call, I was out here uh, tweaking audio. So audio and video, mainly anything that happens on a computer, I do it. And Paul has been kind enough to let me be an owner here at Reapers after my years of dedication to this horrifying experience. 
So did you always have an interest in Halloween? Uh, yeah, actually, my uncle got me um, started before I was 10 years old. I remember him doing it in his yard. And then um, I worked a couple of haunts when I was a teenager. And then in my early 20s, I started a home haunt that I probably should have charged for. I used to have like a thousand kids a night come. Wow. I did that for 10 years. 10 years and I went and I studied other haunts used to go to Universal Studios every year just before my Halloween experience and I kind of just was like wow I worked two months to do a show for three hours for a thousand kids in my neighborhood I think I should go professional <laughs> everybody laughed at me and they said well yeah you're gonna be a professional now uh you know, 13 years later, I started my first haunt the same time as Reapers, and I built two other haunts outside of Reapers, but Reapers has always been my home, and I'm done building other haunts, and I became an owner here. Kind of backtracking and, a little bit, but um, how did you guys start um, Reapers, and like, how did it kind of evolve over the years? Take that one. Well, take it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to keep it a short story. i I'm the original, uh, originally it was my idea and I, I, I had a, it was almost 10 years that I was, you know, I had a business plan and I had a dream to open a haunt. I, I wasn't a big, as big a uh, haunted Halloween fan as Todd at a young age. I developed that later in life, but I saw it as an opportunity as a great seasonal business, started going to other haunts like Todd did at an early age later. And over those 10 years of dreaming to open my own high attraction. I went to a lot of attractions and I was probably the most motivated by the fact that I just thought we could do it a little better. You know, uh, there are a lot of great haunts out there, a lot of great scenes and a lot of cool things to look at. But, um, I just always felt, you know, and then I come a little more from the entertainment side. Uh, you know, I was a musician. I also was uh, in the carnival business. I'm a Pennsylvania showman. Uh, I had a bungee jump. So I think I had a little, uh, you know, a lot of haunters started because they were farmers or struggling farms. Uh, then the uh, amusement parks jumped into it and found that if they had some haunted themes and some Halloween themes, that instead of the parks fading away in September after Labor Day, they could uh, actually create quite a bit of uh, money and business in the, in the Halloween season. So the Six Flags and Dorney Parks, you know, jumped on board with the Halloween stuff. And in fact, for a while there, and I think they still do it, Hollywood started uh, not putting out scary movies in October because they didn't want to compete against haunted attractions. So I don't know if you notice, sometimes these scary movies uh, post-pandemic would come out year-round and they actually avoid this time of year because haunted attractions have become so popular. But for us, you know, I was able to get uh, some financing and found 60 acres and got a silent partner and a banker and we started this thing 13 years ago and everybody that i've invited to join me comes up on the mountain and it's just infectious and uh we have an amazing team 20 or 30 people that have been with us for 13 years and a couple new partners and uh yeah i just like i said uh we we've just put on a heck of a show and in a short period of time we will be able to come and you know we're ranked in the top 10 in the country you know and competing with haunts that have been doing it 25, 30 years. So you're kind of the head cheese up there in the mountain, Paul, huh? Well, I, I but I'm, I'm willing to step down a little bit and let some of the, you know, it's smart enough to know that there's guys a whole lot more talented than me, like Todd, and bringing some new, fresh blood and enthusiasm into this because, you know, we've built such an amazing thing. And 
and they're, you know, Todd and, you know, he has passion like I had 10 years ago and I'm still loving this thing. I, it's still my baby, but, uh, I'm, pa- I'm trying to pass the torch down a little bit and, uh, you know, to people who have, you know, a whole lot more enthusiasm or as much enthusiasm as I did 10 and 15 years ago. Yeah. And of course, that's a great thing. You guys working as a team, you probably get a lot better ideas, a lot more improvements probably happen that way as opposed to one guy working on it all by himself. Like you said, sometimes us old guys got to step aside, let the youth come. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty crazy if you're referring to me as youth because I was limping last night when we got done with dress rehearsal. I burned myself out all day. I just poured myself in the bed for a few hours to do it all over again. So how do you guys pick some of your themes and scenes and kind of figure out what exactly you're going to do for each season? Well, I want to I want to say that, you know, my job, luckily, I've been able to hand off a lot of jobs to Todd and some of the other people. And de- I love to delegate things out. But, you know, one of the things I want to say is, like, I'm sort of the creative director up there. But it's a bit of a democracy. Uh, you know, we get together, we have creative meetings. We've got a lot of people with a lot of cool ideas. And then I try to visualize them and see them through. And then my other partner, Mike, who uh, was a contractor in his earlier life, can, you know, we start putting numbers to things and budgets and, and most things that we can visualize, Mike can build. But the ideas come from everybody. I guess I, I technically get the final say. We, there's some things up there that I, I thought maybe wouldn't work, but I always let some people try to do some things and, and then we all put our touches to them and then, you know, like Alice in Wonderland was created by uh, Kelly Michaels and Jen Marino, and they, they've been with me forever since the beginning. And I questioned what that was going to be like, and, and they nailed it. It's it's one of the most spectacular seats we have up there. But it's also because we all put our touch to it, and we make it bigger and badder than anything you've ever seen. So of all of the things you've done over the years, which scene or an element of a scene or anything like that is the one that sticks out in your head that is your absolute favorite. I got to jump in on this one. I got to jump in because I just left this scene and I was working with Rock Street Audio. Billy's up here tweaking us. It's like a concert up here. The sound is so (laughs) epic. But um, I just left Pumpkin Hill. And anybody that knows our show, Pumpkin Hill is awe-inspiring. Paul just took this to a new level. Um, This was when I was first starting with Reapers was when he started this. And uh, I was blown away. And our team has just made it so huge. It's larger than life. You can't stop looking up, down, everywhere. And then Rock Street brings the audio like nobody else. And I just love the way that sounds. I literally just left that scene. And I'm sitting at our newest scene right now, um, just up the road from that. And, uh, man, there's something about the way... When you come into Pumpkin Hill, it's unlike anything else. And so you guys are, you know, Pumpkin Hill is anywhere from three-foot pumpkins to 30-foot pumpkins that, you know, when we were able to afford a lift four or five years ago, and I was inspired by a haunt up in the New England area called the Over... What is it? Overload, Todd? Haunted Overload, yes. Haunted Haunted Overload. And we built an entire section with these 10, 20, 30-foot pumpkins that were built out of trees we had ordered we had a phone company come in and special custom make four five and six foot diameter pumpkins we put these pumpkin halves together and carved them and uh, seasoned them and weatherproofed them and and then we take them in a lift and put them 30 feet in the trees and 
We got them staring down at you with, uh, you know, lit up with flicker lights and smoke coming out of them. And, and then we put massive arms and legs on these things. So it's, it's a crazy scene. And uh, it was built out of kind of the natural look of the forest. But getting back to the original question, a lot sometimes a lot of our ideas could just be a little prop or a scene at other haunts. And then we just put our twist on it. Or we just take it to a whole new level. You know, I don't know. It's sort of like a, you know, a musician writing music. I'm not, I'm not sure where all these ideas come from. Maybe I was damaged as a child somehow or they dropped me on my head. I, I have a lot of crazy dreams and sometimes we just, it, it's just neat to be able to entertain and create these things in real life or bigger than life. No, I know this year you guys are mentioning how you have five attractions up there. In the past, you guys had the Haunted Hayride, uh, Pitch Black, Sector 13, Carnival of Lost Souls. That was the original four um, up until we just opened Delirium. So, uh, yeah, the Lost Carnival, uh, Sector 13, Pitch Black, and Hayride. And now Delirium is uh, our newest attraction. It's a 3D experience unlike anything else. Um, and we're so proud of the changes we've made to it this year. I mean, we've been walking through, um, you know, we do a tech walkthrough with the owners and, uh, we kind of assess everything. And I'll tell you the other night when we went through, all of us were just giddy and smiling. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes Paul has to bring me back to reality because this is a business, but I'm like a little kid in a candy store. <laughs> I just love walking through and seeing the stuff we do. And when I'm away from the mountain for a couple of days, handling other business, I come back. I just I I'm smiling, grinning from ear to ear because I love what we do. Right, it must be pretty yeah. cool because it's almost like seeing your dreams come to life. Yeah, and and delirium delirium was planned last year prior to the pandemic. We had pulled the trigger on the loan and the concept, and we subbed. Uh, you know, we had uh, the building. The building was an eighty by fifty. It's all indoor and a lot of electric black lights. And this thing was being built, um, I want to say, is it, am I correct, by, you know, December last year, right, Todd? Yes, yes, yeah, after so, we got back. Yep. So a lot of odds were sort of standing back a little bit because we weren't sure what was going on with the pandemic. And our trade shows are usually in March. We were already full force into this. We had already invested in the idea. And uh, my point was that Delirium, part of it was subbed out and was brought in. And just like even the attractions that we've built from the ground up, sometimes it takes two or three years to develop them. Like the Lost Carnival is a perfect example and sector. Well, Delirium um, uh, got open last year and it was amazing. But this year we were able to just take that second year, take it to a whole new level, put a full-blown Reaper's touch, put the, the crew in there and all our ideas. And, uh, and, and again, we'll do that again next year. So, uh, you know, obviously the attractions grow and breathe bigger and badder every year. But the second year for me is always exciting on a new attraction because that's when it really comes to life. And for the people that got to see Delirium for the first time last year, it, they're going to be, they'll, they'll be smiling ear to ear just like Todd because it's a whole, I think I did an interview uh, a week ago. All I can say about Delirium is a whole new level of chaos and especially compared to last year. Yeah, and speaking of chaos, I just want to say I uh, I'm sitting down here a scene away from Alice, and Rock Street's up there playing with our audio right now, and it is progressively getting louder and louder, and I can feel the goosebumps as it gets closer to me. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so people who haven't experienced Reaper's Revenge, and sometimes you don't notice it because you know sound, light, camera, action, it comes together up there, Reapers. 
But if you were able to just pick it apart a little bit, our sound is like no other. Uh, and I know Todd touched on this, but but it, it, the, the, the trees falling and the, and the wolves howling and the thunder and the lightning, it's not a, a boombox on a hay wagon. This is uh, subwoofers in the mausoleum, uh, perfectly placed. Uh, surround sound speakers in our cemetery. Uh, you'll hear things pan right and left. And of course, Billy from Rush Music, one of the best in the business. He uh, he does sound and monitors for Lou Graham. Uh, they fly him all over. And I I don't think I've ever met a better sound man. So we bring we bring he brings it. He brings the systems. He brings the the talent, the knowledge, and and the ear for. Um, and for me, I've always been a sound monster, being a musician. Uh, I, I believe that bands can be made better or worse by a good sound man. And I don't think most people would have enjoyed some of the early haunt movies and movies like Jaws if it wouldn't be for soundtracks and sound systems. Uh, a scary movie is just to mean nothing without good sound. So and that is something I think we take to a whole nother level that, that, uh, that, that, uh, I don't think anybody can compare our sound uh, for all of our attractions and a, and a majority of our scenes uh, to compared to a lot of the other haunts out there. And that that's the uh, to me the magic touch that Reapers brings to to the experience. So, not to give away any of the surprises that you guys have in store for this season, but what could people expect when they are heading up to Reapers Revenge this year? Go ahead, Todd. Well, I can tell you this much, uh, you know, when everybody was nervous in the pandemic and uh, Reapers and true Reapers fashion, just like the year before, again, this year, we spent the money and we have some huge things in store, big animatronics that just get your attention, but look out for them scares. They're coming from where you least expect it. But uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm excited because I'm sitting here right at that scene that I'm talking about right now. And I'm looking up and I'm just like in awe of the things that we're allowed to play with. With. And uh, we've done that all throughout the mountain, we, you know, all our, our our touches, things that maybe we had to shut down during COVID because, uh, you know, well, we just wanted to make sure everybody was safe. Well, now we've got a we've got a plan and everybody's adjusted and we're moving forward. So uh, it's a full show. It's going to be over 90 minutes of horrifying entertainment. Yeah. And, you know, to answer your question, uh, for people who have been to Reapers before, in typical Reaper fashion, it's going to be bigger and better. Uh, it doesn't ever move backwards. You know, we, we've been out there full moon rehearsing. It's getting cool. The weather, the leaves are changing and it's, it's magical. So customers that have been there before can expect more of the same awesomeness. Uh, people who have never been there, it's going to be a needle in a haystack, diamond in the rough. It's, it'll be a haunt like you've never seen before. And if you check our reviews, we don't just say we're America's best haunt attraction for marketing. We believe it, and a lot of other people believe it. Uh, a lot of great haunts out there, but ours is different. Tucked in the hills up here outside of Scranton, northeast PA, in the mountains, in the woods, 60 acres. It just doesn't get any better. I know, like when you're talking about all the work that goes into it, that is something that people, when they go on the ride, they just don't expect. All the work that you guys put into that show throughout the year. That's true. Like I, I have friends of mine that they're like, really, you do this all year long or you guys are going in, in, in May when we are March, I'm sorry, March, we go to our largest trade show. And as soon as we're back, we're already prepping the mountain. But once we're back from our trade show and at the end of March, April, we're full steam. We're moving all summer long. We're excited. We're living out here where everything's going on. You know, I mean, 
we're just, you know, we, we say and we get things done. And uh, it's just amazing to watch this place come together. I, I just think it's like a village on itself. It's just it's crazy. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, the people the, going in the show probably just figure you guys start in September, maybe a few weeks before, put the show together, and you guys are done. Yeah, those are sometimes people that haven't been there don't understand. Like, when people go, you know, sometimes I go, where are you going in September? Oh, I head up the Reapers. Oh, already? <laughs> I'm like, uh, we have, uh, I think we're close to 250 to 300 employees, 180 or 90 actors, costume, makeup, sets, design. Uh, the only reason we don't start early in April is because it's too cold and there might be still a little snow up there and sometimes a little too wet. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're up there three, four days a week uh, already in the first of April, but, uh, it's, it's a massive production. It's not a couple guys in the woods with chainsaws. It's, it's a full blown production. And, uh, I think we have over 20 department heads, security, parking, tractor drivers, Ticket takers, costume, makeup, sound. I'm probably, you know, obviously the construction, the infrastructure, the safety that goes into everything, inspection, fire safety. It's it's just it's massive, and uh, we also, uh, if you go on our website, we do a behind the scenes day tour for I believe 175 dollars. It's two two and a half hours, and then he includes the day the nighttime show with a T-shirt. It's, uh, people go, wow, that's an amazing, amazing show in the daytime. Totally different from the nighttime. You know, when we put uh, 180 actors out there and turn the lights on in the dark and, and all that, you know, that's a, gr- it's a great show. But if you come up in the daytime and take one of those tours on the Saturdays in October, you get an idea what goes into this, this harm. So you guys kick off your season this Friday, correct? Yes, yeah. we do. How long is your season? Go ahead, Todd. Thank you. Uh, we'll be open six weekends, 18 nights this fall. So we open Friday the 24th. We'll be open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And we close Halloween night the 31st. And then, uh, you know, like Paul said, right after we close, we're going to see Four Haunts on Legendary Haunt Tour, which is the best of the best um, around the, the country. And this year it's in New Orleans. But we had the pleasure of being on that tour four years ago uh wait wait, i'm sorry was it four or five years ago we were under 10 years old which is unheard of and uh we were able to be on that with two haunts that were uh uh, 25 years or more of of age so it was incredible and um we'll go see a couple haunts um down there in new orleans uh four to be uh exact and then we have a trade show right after that in the middle of november so it's never ending it's non-stop all year long it's incredible yeah, and like Todd said, we're Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for six weekends. You get 18 nights, six weekends, six, uh, you know, those 18 opportunities to come on up. If you check our website or our flyers that are everywhere, you'll see you can uh, get a little discount for Fridays and a big discount for Sundays. So we try to push some people to Sundays. We also have a color-coded calendar, which really tells you when our big nights are and when our, I don't want to say slow, just... The wait isn't as long. And you should really study that because we, we get we get busy up there. Uh, but there are a lot of opportunities to come on nights and not have as long a wait. And you can actually save a lot of money. You can save 15 bucks if you want to come on a Sunday. Yeah, and that's huge what Paul just said. I mean, people sometimes don't like to wait on Saturdays, but we're busy on Saturday nights. So 
you come on a Friday or Sunday, save a little money and spread it out. If you come on Saturday, oh, you're going to you're going to fight the masses, you know. <laughs> so if anyone's interested in coming up to see the Reapers events this year, how would they find out for more information or purchase tickets? Well, that's really simple. Visit ReapersRevenge.com. Click on our ticket page. That's uh, Paul likes to call it the menu. Has everything from group discounts to, uh, you know, the different coupons that we have on Fridays or Sundays, uh, the different price breakdowns on everything. Um, it's got our calendar right there with the color coding that Paul talked about that him and I meticulously look at the numbers every year. So it's accurate and then click the buy tickets now button. That's going to take you to our ticket website where you can purchase your tickets online, or you can always come up on the mountain and buy your tickets when you get here. Remember folks, if you use them coupons, you got to buy them up on the mountain. So get your wallets ready and come up here. (laughs) Our line may be a little long, but there's one line. It's in uh, for when before you get on the hayride. We have a movie there. We have a world class uh, magician, uh, Joe. He's phenomenal. We have roamers. We entertain you as much as possible. We have food in the queue line. So if you're waiting an hour or two, it goes quick. It's gorgeous up there. We have a bonfire. We have food, uh, and then you know, unlike some haunts where you might at three, four, five attractions and wait an hour for each of them. Once we get you on the hayride, you are immersed and you will go through all five attractions with about a minute or two or five minute wait in between and you are being entertained for over 90 minutes. So we don't put you in the mood and get you back out of the mood and you're waiting in a line over and over and over again like a roller coaster or, you know, like a theme park where you're standing in all these separate lines all day long to do different attractions. Once you get rolling at Reapers, it's going to be 90 minutes of intensity, and uh, you're going to be immersed the entire time. So that's what I I really like, the way we pull that off and uh, keep the customer engaged. And and i got to be honest, we want to do more and more every year, but we get to the point, after 90 minutes, you're just like, as a customer, going, Holy cow, you know, it's it's like being in a uh, super intense movie for an hour and a half, and uh, it's just a, a cool experience. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention that you know, you know, the line, you know, some people go out of line, but we keep you entertained. It moves quick. We're running 14 hay wagons, and once you're out there, there's there's no wait after that. Unless you're going to get a piece of pizza, I thought you might have a five-minute wait. So once you wait in that initial line, it's a 90-minute, basically, stop, nonstop show. Yes. Yes, that is correct. And I'll tell you, just to piggyback on what Paul was saying, we have so many reviews. People check it out. They'll say, wow, there was a wait at the beginning. But I'll tell you what, after I saw the show, well worth it. And it was nonstop. So and people say that all the time. They're like, wow, I was, you know, kind of thought it was a little long of a wait at the beginning. But, man, well worth it. And, uh, and we've done everything we can as owners to, uh, to combat that weight. Um, you know, different strategies that we have to make that experience the best we can for our customers. That's what we strive to do every year. And as a last resort, if you really can't stand standing in a little line, uh, which I still think is a fun experience if with your group of people, we do have a VIP ticket. You can pay a little more and get a lot shorter weight. But I don't believe it's necessary. I believe you just uh, read the color-coded calendar and pick your pick your days and your times a little better. 
Yeah, absolutely. Or that VIP upgrade is always available for $25. You get up here and you see we're busy. Well, that option's there for you. And it's, uh, it's a very limited wait at that point. Well, I don't want to hold you guys up too much. I know you guys have a lot of work to do to get opened up this, this coming weekend. So I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Hey, we're just getting warmed up. We can talk about this thing all day, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I haven't even gotten to the – I got a list here of things I want to discuss, Dan. <laughs> Before we wrap it up, what is one thing you want to leave the guests thinking about when they come up or trying to make their decision if they come up to Reaper Revenge or not this year? Take it away, Paul. Take it away. No, go ahead, Todd. I don't know. I, that's too much pressure for me. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Listen, I, I want our guests to know that, you know, not only our owners, but our countless supervisors that we have up here and every actor that we have – works so hard to make sure that the experience here at Reaper's Revenge is going to be unlike anything else you're going to see anywhere else. And the, the, the best thing for us is when other haunters come here and when they can get away from their haunt and they want to come and see us. That's I mean, we get we hear it every time. Oh, we're doing a team building with our haunt. We're going to come to you guys, you know, and uh, we just got that yesterday. Eastern State wants to come up here and see us. And we're like, oh, cool. Can't wait. You know, yeah, we just that, that that, yeah, you're right. But that is the most flattering thing. If the other haunts and haunt managers and haunt actors and haunt owners get a day off and we're open, it's amazing the amount of people. A lot of times we'll do a ticket trade and we'll send our actors and managers to other haunts. But it is very flattering how many haunts come from all over Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, and everywhere, you know, to come and see Reaper's Revenge. So that, that should, that says, says a lot in itself. Yes. I want to let you guys get back to work. Thanks again for coming on to the show. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Nora. Thank it was you. Our pleasure. I hope you have a good Halloween season. Well, I hope you guys do as well. And thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Creepy Side of NEPA. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you feel so inclined, don't forget to leave a review. Until next time, enjoy The Creepy Side of NEPA. This has been The Creepy Side of NEPA. If you have a spooky story that took place in northeastern or central Pennsylvania, send it to ghost at WNEP.com. For your chance to share it on an upcoming episode, we're dying to hear from you. <laughs>